Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start real conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Jason. And this is Allie. And Allie, I have a question for you today. Oh, this always makes me nervous. I mean, this is, it's pretty simple. How great are you at being hospitable? Oh, gosh. Now you're just wanting to embarrass me. I am so bad. No, I really am not. No, I'm really bad at hospitality. Like, it is the one ministry at church I, like, legitimately am terrible at. <laughs> one time I was like, oh, yeah, I can help out and host team. I normally do live kids. And I tried to make tea, you know, like you do. I flooded the kitchen. Like, I'm, I'm like there was tea everywhere. It was so gross. This I was like, I should I expected. never do this again. And then... I always feel really self-conscious when I have people over. Like, I love having people over. But the food I make is so bad. No. I'm just, let me just steal this mic from you for a minute. You literally hosted our team of 10 people at your house. This is what I was thinking. Yes. (laughs) And you did such a great job. Like, I left feeling so cared for and seen by you. I got to hop in here too. You're being way too unnecessarily hard on yourself about hospitality. Just your view on just if you can cook well or do these sort of tasks that we associate with being hospitable tasks, your ability to do those doesn't dictate how good you are being hospitable uh, to others. Wow. Okay. Well, this felt like a really nice intervention. Thanks everyone. <laughs> so what does uh, hospitality have to do with what we're talking about today? So today's spiritual practice that we're talking about is hospitality. It's one of the ways that we become more like Jesus. And I think when we talk about hospitality, it can stir up all kinds of different ideas, kind of like it did for you. You're like, I can't make tea. How could I be hospitable? (laughs) And so we're going to talk about that. What does hospitality actually mean? What can it look like? What does it have to do with Jesus? And I'm super excited because we get to talk to two of my actual neighbors. I mean, like they live in my neighborhood And one of the reasons we thought of them is because we had moved into this neighborhood eight years ago and we're living there, I don't know, like a week. And I get a text and it's like, hey, this is your neighbor. And we just want to know if you want to come over for a barbecue. So we get to talk to them later. That's Andy and Sylvia. But before we hear from them, we'll have some tea that I didn't make. We'll we'll have some (laughs) theology and tea with our friend Sam Larrabee. On the first page of the Bible, we meet a generous host who welcomes people into a space he created just for them. The host is God, and throughout the story of the Bible, he makes a habit of welcoming and including all kinds of people into his family, the kingdom of God. And we see one of God's first steps in building his kingdom family in Genesis 12, where he invites a man named Abraham to partner with him in building a new kind of nation that will be a blessing to all people on earth. One key quality of this new nation would be how it relates to outsiders by going above and beyond in hospitality. Hospitality is simply a sacrificial vulnerability that helps people feel and become seen, cared for, and included. It's common for nations, people groups, and even individuals to prioritize core groups of people while keeping outsiders at a distance. Even groups known for their hospitality usually have a group they treat with suspicion, neglect, fear, or even hostility. But God's people were called to show special hospitality, treating outsiders with the same respect, care, and justice as citizens. 
God wants his nation to be a place that brings together all people into a global family, but that isn't easy because every individual and people group has unique beliefs, values, and practices. So hospitality requires examining our preferences to make others feel welcomed, and that can be uncomfortable. At their worst, God's family behaved like a normal country, prioritizing the needs of their people while neglecting or marginalizing outsiders. But at their best, they got to witness the power of hospitality. In 2 Kings 6, Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, are being invaded by a powerful army. God intervenes by blinding the invaders and the Israelites lead their enemies into a city. But instead of punishing them, they showed hospitality. God restored their sight and the Israelites sent them home in peace after giving them a meal. The war ended, not through conquest, but through hospitality. God has a reputation for welcoming all kinds of people into his family, even before the stories of Jesus. Simply look at the story of Jonah. Jonah appears to detest outsiders, but he's asked by God to deliver a message to Jonah's enemies. Jonah does his best to escape God's calling, and it sure seems like it's because he doesn't want certain people included in God's family. The story ends with God reminding Jonah that he cares for all people, not just Abraham's descendants, and that all people can be included in his family. Jesus is the perfect image of God, meaning that he could reflect God's heart for all people. But Jesus also knew that his people wrestled with wounds, biases, and generational trauma that kept them from showing God's hospitality. So Jesus' ministry is filled with vulnerable, grace-filled moments that make outsiders feel welcomed. Samaritans, people with chronic illness, religious outcasts, and even officials of the oppressive government felt seen, cared for, and included by Jesus. Jesus knew that God's kingdom isn't built through arguments, fear, or excluding people with differences. Instead, the kingdom is built around dinner tables through generous hospitality. And that's why Jesus spent so much time sharing meals. During one meal, a sinful woman interrupted the dinner. The guests were confused and angry, but Jesus cared for her, putting his reputation on the line by affirming her worth. In another story, Jesus comes to the home of Zacchaeus, an Israelite who had betrayed his community. He worked for the oppressive government and used his power to financially abuse his neighbors. Jesus took a courageous step of hospitality by sharing a meal with him. And what happened? Zacchaeus responds by saying, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Hospitality takes courage and forces us outside our comfort zone. But it often brings connection and has the power to heal individuals and communities. It requires the courage to put aside our preferences and fears. It invites us to confront our biases and challenge our old beliefs. Hospitality is sacrificial and vulnerable care that helps someone feel and become seen, cared for, and included. Hospitality breaks down social barriers and builds unlikely friendships. Hospitality invites us to be less critical and more curious. It helps people realize their God-given value and potential. It builds empathy, which turns strangers into neighbors. Andy, Sylvia, thank you so much for being with us on the You've Heard It Said podcast. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. To start things off, I was just wondering if you two could tell us, how did you first experience hospitality when you were growing up? I would say I grew up as a missionary kid, 
and there was lots of hospitality going on. Mm -hmm. And so we had people into our house a lot. And my parents were very welcoming, kind of on the spur of the moment. So that was very comfortable for me, Mm -hmm. that idea of, oh, here's somebody, well, let's invite them over. That's, I know, not true for a lot of people. But that was true for me. I remember when I was in, I think maybe I was starting in like middle school, but my parents, my dad taught at a university and uh, he was particularly interested in international students, having them over to our house and welcoming them into our house. But it was a commonplace thing for us just to have visitors for meals. So how would you define hospitality? We've welcomed international students into our home and mm-hmm. just the same way. It's just we just really want to make them welcome and to get to know us and our culture, our family, and something maybe about God that they don't know about mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. That was uh, just always we just wanted to share who Jesus was. Many cultures, they don't know anybody who is a Christian. And now you do. <laughs> but that's one one particular group, people from church. We want to welcome them into our home. There's an opportunity to get maybe people you know already, but to get to know them deeper or mm-hmm. people that we don't know and to get and establish a relationship that can flourish. So there's a variety of ways, I guess, that we see that. But it's a welcoming them into our home, a feeding them, or if they need to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. I think there's some scripture like that, too. But uh, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> uh, but that it just comes naturally to us, I think, is to welcome. I think I would add that it almost always seems to revolve around food. And that was true, certainly. when you, If you travel to other cultures— they are very welcoming, and it always involves lots of food. And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be um, difficult for us as Americans because maybe they don't have much, but they're still giving us all that they have, and that feels very awkward for us, I mm-hmm. feel like. But through that, we've experienced that is the way to do it. And for us, we like to do it around food, for sure. Once you got to be an adult, when were you first challenged to be more hospitable? What was that like? I think it's changed as in our married life, the different phases that our marriage has gone through, then the hospitality changes and looks a little bit different too. It was always a welcoming environment, but I think that after our kids left home, that was more of an environment that we were deepening maybe other relationships. I think we could be more intentional yeah. At that point, I think it was very much more spontaneous mm-hmm. while we had younger children at home. But I think we're more intentional now because we can be. Could you take us practically through some of the changes you made after your kids were leaving the house? I was very uncomfortable <laughs> a little bit having somebody live with us. But I think Andy really, he wanted to do that. And I knew it. It felt like this is what God wanted me to do also. And so, um, anyway, just bit the bullet and did it one time. And I've just been amazed at how God just gives me what I need Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. I'm more of an introvert. And so, for me, that thought of, oh, my goodness, somebody being in my house all the time was a little intimidating and going to be overwhelming. But it just really is not like that. It's been good. You guys ended up moving to a different house with the hope of being able to practice more hospitality, right? So what did that all look like? There was a lot of things that went on. (laughs) There really were. I think one of the things, we just had a a deepening in my relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. and that led me into 
I wanted to make changes. I also felt that we wanted to make changes financially. And mm-hmm. we wanted our house to be paid for. And mm-hmm. our house, we were living in a house that wasn't. And so we sold it. And we moved to somewhere where we could afford it to be paid for. And that that was one of the changes. But it also then brought us just into kind of a different neighborhood where we had an opportunity to get to know our neighbors more. And that was all new. We knew our neighbors before, but we didn't spend time with them. Also, with the university, we were close to the university. We invited Mm -hmm. international students over. So it was something we'd prayed about was the location. We wanted to be more intentional uh, with our time and our relationships. So practically, day-to-day, week-to-week, what does it look like for you guys to practice hospitality? One of the things that we did as we moved, we also... We had enough money left over from the the sale of our larger house. We bought another house. (laughs) (laughs) And it was two houses away. We didn't really set out to be a landlord to Mm -hmm. rent houses. And that wasn't what it was. The first thing was we just had some extra money. And we had a purpose for to make it a mission house. Hmm. You had wanted to invite people in that were missionaries or people in ministry in a place to to be when they're maybe coming off in the mission field and they need— to be somewhere for three months, six months, or a year. It's been seven years, but we have people, and it's not a long-term, it's not, you don't move in and stay, it's a place Mm -hmm. of transition. And Mm -hmm. so people need a place to be for a while to get back up on their feet. It started out with people in ministry, and now it's for people that are in need of ministry. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a lot, a variety of people in that category, but just helping them get settled What prompted that change in vision for that house? The change in vision came from one of the Life Church pastors, Robert Davis. And he frightened me with this thought. He said, well, I have some people in need of ministry. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. no. But it really laid heavy on my heart. And about a year later, we just shifted the focus then from people in ministry to people in need of ministry. And it's been a, such a sweet thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the house has been a real blessing to us and to others. Sylvia, what about for you? What does it look like practically to practice hospitality? It always changes and evolves depending on what's going on in our lives. But um, we often have tried to have one night a week, one evening a week where we have people over. That's great. And so we just choose an evening that seems to work for us. And then each week we try to think of who we can invite. Taco Tuesdays right now. That's right. Right now it's Taco (laughs) Tuesday. The other thing we do is around holidays. We try to think of how we can include people who maybe don't have someplace to be. We have lived far from our parents various times, and Mm so we have known that it can be kind of lonely sitting there when you feel like everybody else is having a good time with family and you don't have anywhere to be. And so we try to find people that can use a place to come and hang out with us. Yeah. So when does hospitality feel easy and when does it feel challenging? I don't know. I think it feels easy when we get a pattern going mm-hmm. for us. And if right now we're in this Taco Tuesdays pattern mm-hmm. and um, it's my day to cook. And, you know, if we have that down, we know what's going to happen. And we've gotten also a little bit more organized about it. We've talked about what we want out of it, what we want mm-hmm. to accomplish with the people that are coming. We might even have questions in advance. What do we want to learn from them? What do we want to share with them, with this particular people coming? But also we have a list of people that we want to invite in advance. And 
Just being prepared, I think, makes it easier. So we think about Sundays after church, we have a menu for that too. And something that's just always available so we can just invite somebody. We can always invite somebody to come and join us. <laughs> Sometimes things don't always go smoothly with like the house that you rent out with the people you're ministering to. How do you deal with times like that when things feel challenging in that way? Yeah, we've had not many. We've had one that was just really hard. And the thing is, the house is right across the street, and I can see it from where I have my devotional time in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I start, I look over there, and I start stewing about whatever it is that's going wrong. But then God really worked on me and mm -hmm. just really broke my heart. That's not, I'm here to help. I'm here to serve them, not to... Judge them. It's not about me. It's And so, yeah, I've found that it ha I've had some hard things, but I've been the one that's learned yeah. uh, from it. I've been thankful for that. Has there ever been a time when you felt like you wanted to be hospitable, but for whatever reason, whether it was finances or lack of time, you just weren't sure whether or not that was something you could actually do? And if so, what did you do in that time? Well, I immediately think of when I'm feeling stressed with my work. Mm -hmm. And there were some times where I just said, I can't do it right now. It's too much for me. And so we had seasons where we didn't do it nearly as much. But then there's also times where I'm thinking of little kids and we did it anyway and just tried to grin and bear it and hope it all went well because you, the little kids, you don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to be. But I think that can be in itself, seeing a family, that was something that we also thought was important. And so we went ahead and did that sometimes, even though maybe it didn't feel like we were up to it. And that was definitely a blessing. There was a time where I was really consumed in my work and mm -hmm. it wasn't a priority for me. And I've had several life changes that just have given me a chance to be in a better place mm -hmm. and not as consumed with my work. And that's given me space and margin to be able to add other things in that I want to do. And God led me on a different road. And it wasn't that I think I had the wisdom. God just made it very clear that I was to change, change paths. And that resulted in a really good thing. Just having more time, not the stress. And that allows me to then focus on my neighbors and just other relationships that I wasn't able to do before. How have you guys seen yourselves grow spiritually as a result of practicing hospitality? It requires, for me, just saying yes, even when I don't want to say yes. <laughs> but then God gives me what I need for it. But I feel like I can feel in my spirit, I should do that. Do I want to do it? No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but I know I should. And then it turns out great. But at the moment, when I'm saying yes to it, it's not necessarily what I want to do. So I feel like just continuing to be obedient then brings its own blessings. And when I can see the testimony of when I am obedient, I see how he blesses that time. So I find through relationships, by deepening relationships with people or getting to know people, getting a way of expressing that you care about somebody, that you want to help them, these things create a 
And I think there's a purpose in it. There's a scripture in Timothy. It says, tell those rich in this world's wealth. This is Andy's paraphrase. Tell those rich in this world's wealth, which I think would be us, to stop being so full of ourselves and chasing after money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. But tell them instead to to go after God who will pile all the riches they could ever manage. And um, tell them to do good, to be extravagantly generous in helping others. And if you do that, you'll experience life that's truly life. And sometimes I feel it's exhausting (laughs) for what we're doing, but it's also, it's life-giving that I shouldn't just read the Bible. I got to do these things. So for me, it's a living it out. And that gives me a way of doing that. So for someone who's listening, either an individual or a life group, if they're thinking, I want to be more hospitable, but I'm not sure how to get started, what advice would you give them? Just start. (laughs) Find somebody that you can feel comfortable about and invite them. You know, I feel like you've just, you've got to just jump in and try it. And then look at it and see, how did it go? What did we not like about that? What was super stressful? How can we make that less stressful? I feel like we're fortunate because it's something we're both committed to. Hmm. I feel like, even though it's probably easier for you being more extroverted than for me, but we both love it and want to do it. I think it's harder if there's one in a marriage that, you know, is more interested than the other. And I have a sister who's a widow and she always felt, oh, I can't invite anybody over. It's just me. What am I going to do? But she found that when she opened her home to people, it was a real blessing. And she gave up thinking, oh, my house isn't good enough or whatever, and was able to just be that welcoming person. And she found it very enriching. For the more introverted folks among us, the thought of going up to a neighbor is just like the last thing they would ever think about (laughs) or inviting someone over for dinner. What encouragement would you give them? I think you need to always be in prayer about that (laughs) because I think God will bring moments to you where, Mm -hmm. let's say I walk outside and I see the neighbor across the street and that and maybe they're in their flower bed and I can go over and go, oh, those are really pretty flowers. What are they called? So just praying for those opportunities where it's more natural because I struggle with that too. I'm not good at manufacturing those kind of things, but I feel like when I do pray about it, that God does bring mm-hmm. opportunity. Neighbors are easy for us. We know them well. We've gotten to know them well, but we started off with inviting them to well, just kind of a front yard barbecue and and so we've done that for a number of years now. But it is finding that great time, seeing when they're available mm-hmm. or outside mowing the grass or something. Knocking on the door, that's a little uncomfortable, perhaps, at least for me anyway. Finding the right timing. I think, uh, you know, praying for boldness and also just praying for spontaneity. You know, mm-hmm. just let that happen. But I think it's a real, it's a great thing. Just get started. Is there anything that you two would like to say about hospitality that you haven't said already? I'm really glad that we do it together well. It's just natural for us. It's not up to one of us to make it happen. It's both of us. I think one thing I would say is we have a daughter who grew up, of course, being hospitable, and she is outgoing and loves to have people. She has a roommate who is very introverted, but our daughter has really just kept pushing 
and really encouraged, and they invite people over, and they've found a kind of a rhythm where they can be comfortable with it. So I think, you know, anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. And it does take some planning, perhaps, but I think people will find that it enriches your life. That's how I feel, mm-hmm. is that it makes our lives so much richer. And what I'm hearing is that it can be easier to practice hospitality with other people. Yes. If you have a life group or you have friends. Right. You can, the extroverted people can make up for the introverted people and the planners can make up for the more spontaneous people. So that's very helpful. Yes, I would agree that doing it with somebody else, at least one other person or a group can be very good. When we had the neighborhood time out in our front yard, we panicked. What if nobody shows up? Mm -hmm. So we have these great neighbors that are always willing to come and they bring their children. And then it looks already like a party. And then people are feeling a little more comfortable and able to come and join. I feel welcome when I feel like someone is giving me their full attention, like eye contact, like I'm the only person in the room. So if I walk in and someone walks over to me and they put their hand on my arm or around my shoulder, and make eye contact and ask me questions about myself really make me feel like they're not just going through the motions, but they really want to know how I'm doing. That really makes me feel welcome. So when I first started hosting, I was really worried about even just keeping my house clean for people. And slowly throughout the months, that's gotten like less and less. And people have even given me that freedom of, hey, like we just like being able to come over and enjoy your place. And so it doesn't need to look a certain way or whatever, be in a perfect state. And even like feeling like I needed to provide like perfect, like little snacks for people or anything like that. And so now people just feel super comfortable. We've gotten to the point where they'll just come in and use my dishes and and don't even have to ask. And so it's just building that environment throughout the months of I'm feeling like they can just come in and be at home and it doesn't have to be perfect or a particular way. And thankfully, that's just as we become closer friends and people have, not only have I given myself that, but other people in the group have given me that freedom to like, hey, you don't feel like you need to do this or (laughs) have this a particular way or even be like perfectly cleaned up for us. That's given me a lot less pressure and a lot more freedom to just enjoy and then be available for them in different ways. A few months ago, we had a party at our house and my husband makes pizza every Sunday night. And when I say makes pizza, most people are like, oh, that's really cool. But he really makes pizza. So he makes everything handmade from the dough to the sauce. He has perfected his pizza. So we had extra and I thought, hey, I could invite anybody over to eat who may not have lunch that next day. And so I just put it out there at work and was just like, hey, whoever wants pizza for lunch, feel free to come over and grab some. And so I didn't know who was gonna come over or how many people, but quite a few people came and it was awesome. So I'm a casting director at a church. I'm seeing people from all walks of life, people who've never stepped foot in a church, who are coming through our doors because they see something they're interested in, a role or something they want to be a part of. And so for me, it's really important that when they come through our doors or when they even sign up, that it's like, that it piques their interest. But when they come through, they see a smiling face, that the environment is comfortable, that it's welcoming, and that when they come in and they like audition or even are a part of a project, that they feel like I'm for them that I'm on their side and that I want to see them succeed and that we have a place for them. And so the reason is I want them to feel seen, I want them to feel known, and I want them to feel like, hey, I can do this 
and I'm excited for you and we're on the same team and I want to see you succeed. I am a regularly in community online. I love spending time online, getting to know other people. And when I do that, I find that there's a lot of great ways that you can connect with people authentically, even though you can't spend time with them necessarily physically in person. I'm actually in a group that meets predominantly online. And every now and then we meet in person when we can, but we play games together and we pray with each other and we encourage each other. And it's super fun and it's lighthearted enough to feel exciting, but it's also serious enough to feel enriching. Our life group creates a meaningful, authentic environment when we're meeting online by asking good questions of each other, sharing what we like. What movie did you see? What game are you playing? Asking the real questions that we would ask if we were sitting there in person. And that kind of is a good bridge builder to get to the heart of some of those maybe more serious questions that you also find in life group. So in my life group, one of the ways that I experience hospitality is just by everyone opening up their homes at different points and allowing that space for processing hardships and celebrating wins. We all take turns opening up our homes for each other, just allowing for vulnerability. It's one of the few places that I feel like I can really let my guard down and let people know where I'm struggling or what was hard at work this week and things like that. And just a place where I can be fully myself without fearment of judgment. I think part of it is just opening up the house, like not being in a truly like public place, being in an area where it's like, oh, this feels like home and just leaning in and asking the questions that other people won't ask. My wife and I, we just started a life group a couple of weeks ago. And this is the first time when we started something like this. So we opened up our home. We made sure we have everything that can possibly go through your mind from snacks, drinks, all the way to arranging the chairs and making sure that places in a way where everybody feels comfortable, they don't have to worry about anything. So that way it leaves room for everyone to share, to open up, to just feel like at home. So just to give a funny example, even though I am a very particular neat person and I like cleanliness and things like that, I'm used to leaving the shoes outside the apartment or outside the main area of living quarters because that's how I grew up. I just realized that I really don't care about all of that. I just care about the people themselves. I still leave the shoes outside for myself, but if somebody comes in, I don't expect any of that from them. I just, that's not important. It's the person itself. Making a welcome environment is basically putting aside anything that I care about for something greater than that. Ollie, who you just heard in that last segment, said something that I really want us to hear again. He was basically saying that hospitality is putting aside our preferences or at least adjusting them to be present with the people in front of us. So Mm. I'm curious, Allie, as you like listen to this episode, how are you feeling about your own hospitality? I feel like I have had a definition of hospitality that included being really great at all of these hosty things, like being a magazine level worthy, like aesthetic in your living room, like (laughs) being able to make like Pinterest worthy recipes and like doing it with the smile and like making everybody feel like, oh, look at my jokes and I've got great entertaining skills. And now I'm realizing like that is probably just an outdated piece of information or maybe a very small part of what it means 
But what I'm hearing from most everybody is that it's less about what are the practical things that you do and do really well and more about the feeling that you create of do I feel listened to? Do I feel cared for? Do I feel seen? And do I feel comfortable enough to be myself with you in this space? And that's really what hospitality is about. And that is a much more attainable definition for me and something that I want to be true of me. So hopefully if you're listening, you can see the ways that your life might already be hospitable to others. And if you need some more ideas, this can be simple. It can be bringing cookies to a neighbor. It can be offering garden tools to a neighbor or even asking a neighbor to borrow theirs is a hospitable thing to do. You're helping them to feel like they have something of value. And so we hope you'll do that. And honestly, we've talked a lot about this idea of a life group. We talk about it in every episode. Right. And you might be thinking, what is actually a life group? It's just a group of friends and people who help each other to feel known and who follow Jesus together. And you can actually pretty easily join one. So Mm, we put this in the conversation guide every week, but there's something called Find a Life Group. Mm -hmm. And you might not even live near Life Church, but we have life groups all around the globe online as well that you can look at there. You can find one, try it out. If you don't like it, try another one. It's totally fine. So I just hope that you'll do that. And one more thing, we want to give you a question that you can ask this week. Allie, would you give the question? Yeah, so you can just talk about it with your life group, with friends or family, and just ask, what is hospitality and how does it grow our faith in Jesus? And as always, if you want more conversation starters, you can look in the conversation guide in the show notes and have a great week. Hey, this is Jason, and I've got an idea for how you could share this episode. If you liked it, you could just share it with like friend or family or you could share it with someone you've never met by leaving us a review in iTunes. Thanks, and have a great week.